And I could very clearly feel like someone had sat down on the bed next to me. My one sister, Teresa, come literally floating down the stairs. She never touched those stairs coming down. One night we went downstairs, we heard a bang like something had fallen. Several doors in the kitchen cabinets were open, like wide open. But there's very distinct audio on one of the uh, videos that says, open the door. Very nasty, demonic sounding voice. So that is my ghost story. So we're on the phone with Cameron Pasha, and Cameron reached out to us recently when we were talking about these videos from the Stanley Hotel. So if you haven't seen them yet, we posted this video on the Haunted AF TikTok page, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, everywhere. And it was shared to us by Monica. Monica's on a ghost tour at the Stanley Hotel. A door, she filmed a door closing on its own. And there's been this raging debate. There's someone with their hand on the door, and people are debating whether or not she's actually pushing the door and closing it to close on its own or she was just standing there with her hand on the door so Cameron is in Los Angeles you're a writer director you're involved in all kinds of things but you're also a spiritualist and you have a personal connection with the Stanley Hotel so tell us a little bit about this well, first of all, thank you for allowing me to be on the podcast. I've been fascinated by the paranormal, by the occult for a very, very long time. So I'm delighted to be on. But yes, the Stanley Hotel, it's actually very specific. You know, I was a fan of the show, The Ghost Hunters, which introduced Stanley Hotel to a lot of people, right? Right. And they were doing some private tours and ghost hunts. And I said, I got to sign up for one of these. <laughs> and so I did. And I got to meet the gentleman from the show. The, the pivotal thing is we were at the Stanley Hotel and I had never been on any kind of paranormal investigation before. It is really a remarkable place because it will make you a believer. And I was so impressed by the events that I witnessed there that two things happened. One is I started going on regular paranormal tours, but I also ended up writing a piece for the Huffington Post about how we're doing modern paranormal investigation and how deeply haunted that place is. We're going to share your article from the HuffPost because it's a fantastic article. That's one of the things that stood out to me about the Stanley Hotel is that we have this one video that we shared, but we're getting stories about the Stanley Hotel all the time. And even like the same week that we got that video, Monica sent us a photo mm-hmm. that she had gotten on the staircase. So even if you think for a second that maybe someone pushed that door to make it close that night, it's incredible all of the stories you hear about this one particular place. People will say, no one's ever died at that hotel. There are no ghosts there. What do you think all the activity stems from? I've been there now a few times. I've talked to the staff. And my understanding is there's something primordial about the land. And there may be a Native American connection to the land that is somewhat forgotten. I think there's something particular about that space in Estes Park that brings us out. So tell us a little bit about the experiences you had on that first tour with Ghost Hunters. The first thing is just you're sort of starstruck. Like, wow, I'm hanging out with you guys and watch our TV, right? Yeah. And then you discover they're normal people and get over that very quickly. And the initial part was just hearing other people's stories. A lot of people had photos on that staircase that they shared. They're like, look, I was here two years ago. This is a photo that I took. And a lot of them these photos clearly show some kind of apparition or something that's clearly not supposed to be there. Often these seem to be images that look like little children. There's something about children in that place. So I went through the process of the standard ghost hunting. You, know, you go to the different rooms and you've got your electromagnetic readers. I bought a special digital tape recorder just for the event and I was so excited. Initially, not much seemed to be happening. You know, We're just sitting there in the dark saying, you know, are you here? Can you speak to us? That kind of stuff. The event changed for me when I actually went down into the uh, the basement. Now, the basement of the Stanley Hotel is interesting because it's built really right into the mountain. 
one wall is the stone face of the mountain. And what I had seen on their TV show on Ghost Hunters, they had been down in the basement and they had called out and the little girl's voice had come back saying, hello. And you're like, okay, was well, that something that they fake? So <laughs> I was, yeah, I said, you know, some of these paranormal shows are for entertainment only, right? Right. And so when I was down there, I called out and a little girl's voice responded. It's an empty space with a mountain staring at you, a wall. Okay, now I have a question, though. You were in a mountain. It's sort of like a cave-like atmosphere. Is there any chance it could have been like your own echo coming back at you? Good question. No, because it was not an echo of any word that I said. Because I said, is there anyone here? And Mm -hmm. then right out of the stone wall of the mountain, you hear this voice very clearly. Hello, and then giggling. You can hear like a little giggle. No Yeah, and it's a child's voice. It's a little girl's voice. I've been to the Stanley Hotel, I think, about three times since then. And each time in the uh, basement, a child's voice will come out. And it's not predictable. You don't know when it's going to happen. And then suddenly it'll come out of nowhere. Whatever's down there is intelligent. It's not whatever we call residual. It seems to be aware of people and respond to them when it feels like it. I was just listening to a podcast called Spooked with Glenn Washington. Awesome podcast. Mm -hmm. Everybody needs to listen to it. And he had uh, Daniel Noah, who's also a filmmaker, on recently. And Daniel Mm -hmm. Noah was talking about an experience at the Stanley Hotel that was also with a little girl. So these encounters, they're not uncommon. I knew that it wasn't just myself imagining because there were a few others down there. And you could hear the other people gasp and shock when you hear it. So you mentioned that you had you had taken a tape recorder with you like to get EVPs and stuff like that. And I'm just curious, did you ever catch that voice on any of your recordings? Yes, actually, I think it was on my third trip. Because, you know, first time I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to record. I didn't barely know what I was doing. But eventually I became a little bit of an expert on that. And, uh, <laughs> and, and the third time I did catch the voice. And then it's almost immediately drowned out by everyone going, oh, my God, did you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> so Way to go, over. guys. Ruin it for us. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever uh, want to share any of that audio with us, we would love to hear it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I will go through my recordings and find it. Uh, I actually got a very interesting audio at a subsequent event that I went to in Bretton Woods, New Hampshire. And I'm blanking on the name of the very famous hotel that's there. Um, the Ghost Hunters had been there too. And mm-hmm. there's this famous princess room in that hotel where there seems to be an intelligent female entity that talks back to you. And so I put my recorder there. And at the end of the session, when I played it back, you can hear it within the first second of it. And a voice comes on. It's a very creepy voice. It goes, who are they? Oh my and goodness. it's like, who are these people in my room, right? Right. right. So do you so, know the story behind that place? Yes, yes. It was the Mount Washington Hotel. Mount Washington oh, Hotel. Oh, yes. The, We've gotten uh, stories about that place. Listen, I've been to Mount Washington now several times. And each time in that room, there's something there. But it's called the Princess Room because the owner of the hotel had been a wealthy American woman that had married European royalty. So she was called the Princess. Oh. And uh, apparently that was her favorite room. And the original poster bed that she slept in, I think she may have passed away. And so it's her favorite place. And what's interesting about that is that the Stanley Hotel, it's unpredictable when that child's voice comes. I've heard it every time. It's just, you don't mm-hmm. know what's going to happen. With the princess room in the Mount Washington Hotel, it's very alive, very conscious of your presence and will interact with you. And I went to a subsequent one. The days before lockdown, we could go to the hotel to do these Oh things, my gosh. Right? Yeah. Right. And when I went there, I was with a group and we were doing our little EVP session all sitting there. And someone said, you know, the princess was a Francophile. She had married French royalty and she spoke French fluently. And someone said, I, you know, I speak French. So we decided to test it and have the, the woman in the room start asking questions in French. And when we played it back, 
we heard immediate responses in French. Oh my gosh. Wow. So that's how conscious that entity is. It's very aware of what's happening around it. Here's the thing. If I were a princess, you know, in my regular life, I wouldn't want to leave it either. So it makes sense for her to be there. Cameron, you're Sufi and you have a really interesting approach on what these things actually are. So share that with us. Sure. A Sufi is basically an Islamic mystic. You know, like in Judaism, you have Kabbalah. Uh, in Christianity, you have Gnosticism. You know, these are the uh, mystical parts of the religion, which are about trying to find sort of the deeper truths beneath the rituals and all of that. And within the Islamic belief, there's actually two sentient races on earth. There's the human race, but there's a pre-existing race called the jinn. And the word jinn literally means hidden one, that which is hidden. And the idea is that they are energy beings who exist in a parallel dimension in that hidden world. So many Muslims, including myself, believe that much of paranormal activity, so that's a ghost, and that's Bigfoot, and that's a UFO, and they're separate categories, mm-hmm. uh, are actually the same being from another world taking these forms. So do you think that your religion leaves you more open to having these experiences, or like somehow you have a higher connection with it? I think we live in a modern world right now that's very skeptical, and that's why all of these ghost hunter shows are not with us. Well, you know, I'm a skeptic, but here's my science. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. We find that a lot, too. Yeah, seriously. especially with men. Yeah. yeah, especially in our culture. We are told we can't access that. It makes us look weak or something, right? But all Muslims believe that there's this other world. If you go anywhere in the Islamic world, if you go to Indonesia, if you go to Central Asia, if you go to Saudi Arabia, if you go to Morocco, jinn are part of the culture. One of the things that startles a lot of people is that exorcisms, like jinn exorcisms, are televised in the Muslim world. Wow. Like, you know, they'll show them on, like, national television, and then we'll show how God's power can drive it out. Mm-hmm. So it's different from, like, my friends in the Catholic tradition, where exorcism is real. But nowadays, they keep it really quiet. It's something almost like hidden within the community itself. So so many people in the community don't believe in it anymore. Right. No, it's interesting that you bring up the exorcism thing. I had a high school Bible teacher. Mm -hmm. Most Christian people do not talk about exorcism like it's real. And he would tell us these stories. He was a missionary in Africa and that it was a common thing to see an exorcism like, I don't know, once, twice a week at least. What was his name? He had like a great name. It's Mr. Honey. Mr. Honey? I cannot remember. It was Mr. Honey. So in the Muslim faith, if the jinn is kind of common and accepted, are people scared of them the way people are scared of ghosts? Sure. I mean, the average person doesn't want to deal with these things because they do have great power. And the jinn in the Islamic traditions are broad range. There's some that are good. There are some that are sort of neutral. And there's some that are really hostile to human beings. But all of them have a dislike for humanity because the belief is that Adam and Eve drove them out of this world. That mm-hmm. the, the rise of human beings pushed these beings into this alternative dimension. So they see us as usurpers of their world. So even the good ones don't really like us. Right. So does that mean that they're stuck? Yeah, there is a belief that they're trapped by the will of God into this interdimensional space between spaces kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that you know, some of the more powerful ones find ways to portal into our world. And, and this idea is now becoming more and more widespread in the Western paranormal community. Uh, that you're hearing more and more people saying, well, I think maybe UFOs are interdimensional and not from another planet, right? Which is what right. I'm describing. And I'm going to say something to you that might be a little controversial. The events that are happening in the world right now with all, all of us in lockdown and the virus, in the widespread feeling of fear that's all over the planet, my Sufi teachers and people in other traditions are saying this fear energy that gripped the world is opening up all kinds of portals, and a lot of these entities are entering our world now. Whoa. Golly. <laughs> yeah, you didn't expect that coming. But that that's... is so much to take in. Yeah, it's a lot to say. That's a lot. <sighs> Yeah, but I've heard this now from my Muslim colleagues. I've heard this from, from Christian mystics who said, 
yeah, I mean, the demons are coming in, man. They're loving the amount of fear that we all have. Okay, now that you have said that, is there a way to fix it? I mean, yeah, is there something some way that to does, make it better? That doesn't involve, like, well, I mean, the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man or something. Yes, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we want to stop them before it gets to that place. Right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> before we got that. You know, I think the central idea is well, we have literally billions of people worldwide afraid or upset because of the events that are happening. That's creating this global, and what we call an egregore kind of energy. And so one of the ways to perhaps heal these portals, we have to let go of our fears. All that fear ain't solving the problem, right? right. Fear is not right. any way to make our lives better, right? And you're seeing a lot of people, they're arguing over math. There's a lot of negative vibes. So the first thing that we can do is to let go of that, let go of our fear, to detach ourselves emotionally from the negative things that are happening around us. And the more and more people can do that, the more these portals start closing again. It's funny that you even say that because I know Rebecca and I both are just inundated with scary stories now Mm -hmm. all the time. And I always wonder, is it happening more? Is there more of this? There is more. Well, and now that you say all of that, I'm a little bit disheartened because it's like, oh, crap, there's a whole other world of like a bunch of Karen memes out there (laughs) that we can't see. And it makes me sad. You're like, I'm missing out on this comedy. Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, the the great thing is that realm is much bigger than our realm. And so we're never going to fully understand it. And don't worry. We'll get there one day, Rebecca. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. (laughs) Yeah, we we all got to cross over that journey anyway. (laughs) Hey, Cameron, so you had a really interesting story about what happened to you when you were a kid that kind of opened this door for you in the first place. So share that one with us. Sure. The first time that I'd ever seen a ghost, a gin, a spirit, whatever you want to call it, was about 13 years old. It was junior high school. And it was one of those days where, for whatever reason, school had a half day. And mm. so we were sent home. And my parents were working. Both of my sisters are in school. I arrived in this little apartment. We're in Brooklyn, New York. Young immigrant family. It wasn't a big place. It was a very small little place that we could afford. So I, I walk in and I see a child standing there who I assume is my little sister. And I can remember the child vividly because it wasn't an apparition. It was a full-body child. Its back was to me, so I didn't see the face. And it had short, dark hair like my sister had at the time and was wearing these sort of loose-fitting, brown, russet-colored clothes. But I just thought it was my sister. So I call out to her. I'm like, hey, what are you doing here? When I call out to her, the child, it bolts. It starts running and then turns right into that bathroom. So I call out. I was like, why are you acting like a crazy person? Where are you running? (laughs) I run after the child and I turn into the bathroom and the bathroom's empty. Ah! And my heart just freezes because this yeah. wasn't out of the corner of my eye. I'm staring straight at it right. and it runs. And I, <laughs> and I, see it. I mean, as far as I knew, there was a person in my house and then ah! there. And so, so I was really shaken by that. And I put that out of my mind until a few years ago. My little sister told me I saw the kid too. Oh my gosh. She said I was home one day and the same thing. I saw it run through the living room and turn and disappear into the bathroom. Now, this is yeah. something we've wow. talked about recently when these ghosts react to being seen because we've had lots of stories like this where they're seen and they take off running and then vanish or uh, yeah. they disappear into the wall or they even like squat down, they crouch to try to not be seen. Why do you yeah. think that is? I view these as probably interdimensional beings and uh, 
however the cosmic metaphysical laws work, they've been bound away from this world and human presence drives them away a little bit. Some of them just want to be left alone. Well, Cameron, we could probably like keep talking to you all day. And if it's okay. You are fascinating. Yeah. Is it okay to check in with you in the future? Wait, now, first of all, do you have a book out? Like I said, I'm a filmmaker and a novelist. So I have a couple books out. They're historical fiction novels. One is called Mother of the Believers. It's about the birth of Islam from the point of view of the prophet's wife. And the other is Shadow of the Swords. It's about the crusade. Go to my website. It's spelled K-A-M-R-A-N-T-A-S-H-A dot com. And they're both available there. Well, please keep in touch anytime you have something to promote because we would always love to talk to you. And especially if you go off on some cool investigation or visit the Stanley again, you got to tell us all about it. Cameron Pasha, thank you so much for taking the time. We have spoken to you way longer than I meant to. We have taken up a lot of your time. (laughs) Thank you. I hope to come on again. Absolutely. All right, guys. Don't forget to subscribe to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever your platform is that you love listening to. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Reddit, or you can chat with us directly on our brand new website, hauntedaf.com. Gotta say thanks to Andrew Mamaliga for our theme song and to On Air Media for titles and technical support. And of course, we gotta thank you, the listeners. Thanks for listening. By the way, Julie, if I die first, I'm coming back to haunt you. Aw, come back to haunt you too, Rebecca. Aww.